can listen to The Front on your smart speaker every morning. To hear the latest episode, just say, play the news from The Australian. From The Australian, I'm Kristen Amiot. We've loved bringing you insights from our journalists around the nation and the world this year. Over this holiday break, we're revisiting some of our biggest and best episodes from a huge year in the news. This episode originally aired on April 12, amid the fallout from the Australian's investigation into allegations that white gallery staff had tampered with Aboriginal artworks. It's presented by Claire Harvey. The Front will return with all new episodes on Monday, January 15. Just hit follow or subscribe to hear the latest every morning. Do you have another rock over there? Is that going to be too What you just heard was a conversation between two white women at the remote Chala Art Centre. One is Centre Manager Rosie Palmer. She's speaking with an assistant about a new work by renowned Indigenous artist Yarichi Young. Standing with them, but not apparently participating in the conversation, is Yarichi Young. Yarichi is a, a very famous painter, so she's one of the famous Ken sisters. And a few years ago, she and her sisters won the Win Prize, which is Australia's premier prize for landscape painting. So Yarichi is a big deal in the, in the Aboriginal art world. That's Greg Bearup, a writer with The Australian, who's been investigating what goes on behind the scenes of Indigenous art. In a video obtained by The Australian, Palmer can be seen picking up a paintbrush and drawing big red circles on the canvas as Young looks on. This video, shorter than a minute and recorded in one of Australia's most remote places, is a tiny window into a huge issue, the artistic and ethical practices that go into the making of Aboriginal art. The remote APY lands, a huge swathe of the Western Desert in the northwest corner of South Australia, are part of the vast home of the Nyanajara, Pichinjara and Yangkonichajara peoples, known collectively as Ananyu. Art and New Art has exploded in popularity in recent years, thanks in large part to a collective of art centres called the APY Art Centre Collective. They're run by a charismatic and driven woman named Sky O'Mara, and art produced in these centres by Ananu people is now hanging in the most prestigious galleries and private homes around the world. Individual canvases sell for tens of thousands of dollars. But over recent years, some in the art world, including some Ananyu artists themselves, have raised concerns about what goes on behind the scenes in the centres Omara oversees, including Jala Arts, where the video was recorded. What they've raised is a suspicion that white gallery assistants are getting too closely involved in the production of art, that instead of merely facilitating Ananyu people to paint, the white staff are themselves picking up paintbrushes. This is something Sky O'Mara and the board of the APY Arts Centre Collective have strongly denied. They say white people would never interfere with the artistic integrity of Ananyu art. So if a dog walked over a painting or if paint was spilt on a painting, then the 
studio assistants would black that area out and that would be repainted over again. I asked them this on numerous occasions and they said that there, there is no contribution to the artistic process, if I can put it that way. And that's where the video comes in. Greg Berup obtained this video while investigating the story and at a point where the APY Arts Centre Collective was insisting these are Ununiu works by Ununiu people with no white interference. He'd been speaking to experts, former gallery staff who said they were deeply concerned about what they'd been asked to do, and to artists, including Paul Andy. Paul, you were telling me the other day that sometimes you would be painting and painting and Sky would come and paint the painting. Oh. Can you just explain yeah. that? Get him to explain that. And then she, what, what design that I'd put on my painting, mm-hmm. and then she would come along. And then she would paint over it. That's Paul Andy through a translator telling Greg how Sky O'Mara would contribute ideas and paint to his works. And then start back again. Why? Now. You know, that must be her dreaming that she wants to put down on it. Paul Andy said that must be her dreaming. Sky O'Mara has consistently denied ever interfering with Ananyu artworks. She says what Paul Andy says is just not true. And so when Rosie Palmer was standing there talking about the painting and, and wielding her paintbrush, she was talking about a rock hole and asking her collaborator whether it needed another rock hole there. Tell me why that bit of dialogue is significant. Because as it was explained to me by John Mundine, the Aboriginal artist, these paintings are not only factual, they are maps, in effect, of of Aboriginal areas, but they're also a part of a person's dreaming, their chukapa, as they call it up in in the central desert, which means their Aboriginal stories and, and, and law and custom. And so for a white person to be interpreting that chukapa is incredibly offensive to Aboriginal artists and Aboriginal people. This kind of contribution is at odds with how APYACC says it operates. And then when you put it to them, initially Rosie Palmer denied that she was painting at all. When I spoke to her over the phone where she said, I don't work with that artist. And then when I sent the email, there was an absolute no, I absolutely deny painting on that painting. And then later in the day, we got another email from the lawyers saying, well, if she was painting on that painting, it would be backwash. And so I flew to Adelaide to meet with the board of the APYACC and I put it to them in very clear terms, when can a white person pick up a paintbrush and contribute to the artistic process? And the answer was adamant, never, and it never happens. This kind of back and forth has gone on for months. Legal threats, impassioned testimonials and even a Supreme Court injunction attempt have rolled in. This investigation has clearly struck a nerve. APYACC does not hide the fact that art assistants assist in the underpainting process. The video was taken in the open air in the presence of guests at a time when Jala Arts knew it was being investigated by the Australian. True industry experts understand the line between assistance at artist direction and interference with the artistic process and know that APYACC has never crossed this line. It is grossly offensive to the many hundreds of proud Ananu who work with APYACC to suggest otherwise, or that they would tolerate their chukabar being interfered with. 
So, what are the ethical rules about Aboriginal art and how do we know what's authentic? That's after the break. A troubled young woman. Her evil parents. We never had any issues between us. Has justice been done? I'm in a prison. Join journalist Richard Gilliatt as he delves into one of Australia's most gripping cases. Shadow of Doubt, a new podcast investigation from The Australian. I cannot find one of these allegations that's possible. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. The National Gallery of Australia has called an investigation into the allegations we've been publishing on this story for the past week. That's because there's a big new show coming up at the gallery, Nurapulka, which the NGA has been billing as one of the largest and most significant First Nations community-driven art projects to have ever been developed. The NGA's website says all parts of Nurapulka are being entirely conceived, created, directed and determined by unnew people. This is a promotional video for Nurapulka where artist Teresa Baker says Nurapulka is a big place with a big story. Nurapulka means that our land comes with a big chukaba story inside it. The land holds the stories. Another artist in the video is Zachariah Fielding. Art is important to animal people because we have an opportunity to sit with our memories of our current practising culture. It's an opportunity to sit with the memory of Chukurba, what that teaching is. That word, Chukurba, is an unnew word that's similar to the concept of the dreaming, a creation period that gave rise to the spiritual landscape of this complex society. Their press release for their upcoming exhibition at the National Gallery of Australia said all these works have been entirely conceived, produced by new people. It makes it very clear that this is all new art. And... Um, What's been claimed to us is that that's not the case. We don't know what the terms of reference for that investigation will be. We don't know who will be heading it. And we don't know what their definition is of interference. And that's incredibly important because what is their starting point? What is their benchmark about what what is interference and what is not? So that needs to be really clearly established. If you've done a little art history, you'll know that it's a common notion for major artist studios to contain numerous people who all work on the same pieces, like, for example, the studio of Leonardo da Vinci, where students and younger artists all collaborated on works under the name of the Renaissance master. Ben Quilty, probably Australia's most celebrated living painter, invoked this tradition when he contacted the Australian during Greg's investigation – He defended Sky O'Mara and the way the APY Art Centre Collective works. Here's what Quilty said. To watch APY go stratospheric over the last decade has been one of the greatest honours of my life. It is the greatest art movement on the planet in my lifetime. To see white people now challenge that is hard to watch. 
Quilty said in his own studio, assistants are employed to do jobs like admin, writing and framing. It is standard practice across the world in all artists' studios for assistants to help in the construction of artwork. Some artists do not even lay brush to canvas, instead using assistants to completely realise their conceptual ideas. It is a legitimate form of art practice. This is not the case for APY artists. Their practice entirely relies on their own visual language, which is completely dependent on their own hand. So Quilty, who's been visiting the APY ACC for 11 years and is close to Sky O'Mara, says having assistance is okay, but he echoes the collective in insisting the assistants in the APY Arts Centre Collective don't do the painting. There's no doubt the APY Arts Centre Collective gets huge canvases out to market in a highly efficient, organised way. There's also no doubt it sees millions of dollars flow back into unnew hands. The APY lands are immensely remote. There are 2,000 people living 1,400 kilometres from Adelaide in an area the size of Germany. It doesn't get much more remote than that. Their culture is strong, their communities are strong, they are very poor, and it can sometimes be violent. But the employment prospects out there are, are pretty grim. So the only money that comes in there is kind of government money for welfare or people who are working in government jobs. The only private income that comes in there is from art. But for many of the artists Greg spoke to, that's not the main goal. The artists I spoke to would not like that at all because they deeply feel that this is their chukapa. And so I spoke to an old industry figure in the making of this story, and he said, look, if you talk to Aboriginal artists about why they paint, making money is about the fifth thing on their list. He said they're looking at the dissolution of their culture, they're looking at their wayward kids and grandkids, and they are thinking that a way of keeping this all together is through their stories, and that is through their art. So that to them is more important in lots of ways. Even though they're very, very poor, that's the main reason why they paint, is to keep these stories going. And that's why an interference by a white person in these stories is really unacceptable to many of them. There are lots of white people who work in and with Aboriginal art centres around the country. In fact, you could probably argue that without the involvement of white people, this whole industry wouldn't exist. How do those people who aim to work ethically in that environment police their own involvement? It's a tricky point, but the people who I've spoken to feel incredibly passionate. They are there to facilitate the art. They are there to mix the paints. They're there to prepare the canvases. They put a blank canvas in front of them. They give them the paints and away you go. That's what I think most art centre managers, and, and I think that lots of these people are incredibly ethical and incredibly committed to what they do. Some of those people are very angry at the alleged practices that are happening in the APYACC, and I think that's why they have spoken to me, that they they feel that this is an intrusion on Indigenous culture. It's not easy to speak up, though, is it? Because you spoke about the APY community being small. The arts community is tiny in Australia. Incredibly small. I spoke to six former gallery staffers, and I think they've been incredibly brave in talking to me because it's not difficult to know who they are. And they've been very brave in talking to me. And I think that they've done that out of a sense of 
trying to right some wrongs that they saw. That was my feeling that I got from those people, that they didn't like what they saw and they don't want it to continue. Greg Berop is a feature writer with The Weekend Australian magazine. You can read all the nation's best news, sport, politics and business anytime at theaustralian.com.au. I'm Sarah Lamarquin, Editor-in-Chief of Stella and host of our podcast called Something to Talk About. Every weekend we publish a new episode where you'll hear compelling personalities, strong opinions and thought-provoking conversations. I wanted to be able to do it in my time when I was ready and speak my truth when I was ready. The topic of when do I become a mum, that is in my mind 24-7. Search for Something to Talk About wherever you listen to your podcasts.